welcome to the What the Fuck Is That podcast, where we ask the age-old question of what the fuck is that? I'm your host, Jess. I don't know how I want to start this episode. (laughs) I'm just like, the anticipation... (laughs) actually going to say something today. (laughs) I was thinking about that right now. I need you to get out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say, what's up, Jen? I was going to be like, honestly, my shoulder hurts. (laughs) I was like so prepared for that. (laughs) Just when you think I'm gonna zig, I yeah. <laughs> The fact that you look like a fucking golden retriever. When you do that. I am. <laughs> oh my god. I had a friend ask, because they listen to the podcast, they're like, oh, are you gonna just start dressing all, all in goth now? I'm like, no, I'm still a fucking golden retriever. I've just always been able to talk to ghosts and like spooky shit. I can do two things. The only thing I envision right now is you in like a sunshine t-shirt, Miss Hippie. So bright. Oh yeah, but I talk to the dead. I talk to them all the time. Your grandma says hi, by the way. Did you call her Mima? Oh my god. Uh, I love scaring people like that. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, so like if you also see ghosties or you have like a super spooky story or you did this thing this one time and it was really spooky ooky tell us about it because we are putting together some halloween campfire stories that link will be in our link tree which will be down below in the description and it's on our instagram as well our Instagram is WTF is that pod. Over there, we post about what our upcoming episode will be. Fun little surprise pictures of what's coming up. And all of our updates are over there at the Instagram. If you follow that link tree, you can also head over to our Patreon. That's one of the best ways to support the show. Uh, the different levels will get you different access to different things anywhere from early releases of episodes to uncut episodes all that good stuff is over at the patreon very nice thank you yeah i'm really excited for our halloween episode i am very excited to share a story from my hometown that yeah has always been passed down yeah, cause this and this will be like one of our first very special episodes because we, spoiler alert, will be having some guests coming up on the show here pretty soon. So that'll be fun, but this will be our first like big special thing and we want to dedicate it to you guys. 
So be sure to send in all of those scary stories. You can DM them to us. You can go to the link tree and there's like a cute little Google forms that I put on there if you want to fill that out. And if only y'all could see how she's <laughs> dancing in her seat right now as she's saying this. <laughs> do do do. She's such a theater kid. <laughs> But yeah, so all of that is over on the link tree and all that good stuff. I prefer You ready to talk about some reincarnation? Ooh, yeah. Yes, okay. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jess. Have you heard of Barbara Carlin? Who the fuck is Barbara Carlin? That's, I would love to tell you. It's. It's really an interesting story. So, like I said earlier, it's a reincarnation case. Okay. And you're not going to believe who she is. Anyways. Okay. So, to, like, tell the story, we have to introduce our main character, who is Barbro. She was born in Sweden to Solve Carlin and Maria Carlson in 1954. Okay. The year she was born is very important. Okay. 1954. Yes. Okay. So, from a very young age, she remembers never really feeling like herself. She would always say that her parents weren't her real parents and that her dad was coming to pick her up. She also felt like Barbara wasn't her name and she didn't understand why people kept calling her that. At age three, she proclaimed that she was Anne Frank. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, At three. I think I've heard of this before, but I didn't know a lot of it. And like, I obviously have no idea. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, so at three, <clears throat> she knew that her name was Anne Frank, but her parents had no idea who Anne Frank was. Because the diaries had just been published in 1947, but only in Dutch. Okay. So there's... And where is this again? They're in Sweden. Sweden, okay. So there's no, like, exact date that's out that's, like, it was translated from Dutch to Swedish for mm -hmm. Anne Frank's diary. Mm -hmm. But it was around the late 1950s. Essentially, by the time it was starting to get to Sweden, translated in Swedish, was when she was saying this. So her parents had no idea who Anne Frank was. No one around her had had the book in Swedish. So there's no way she could have known that name. Wow. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. That's... Wow, that's crazy. So to top it off, she also had vivid dreams of being taken by Nazis and pulled downstairs. Oh my god. She would wake up screaming and crying from these like nightmares that felt very real and vivid to her as if they had happened to her. Wow. Yeah. So as she grew up, her, she just kept talking about it and kept bringing it up. So her parents decided to take her to a psychologist and by this time, she was learning 
hey, I probably shouldn't talk about this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, she was picking up those social cues of like, oh, this isn't a normal thing. I'm just going to stop talking about it. So the psychologist was like, oh, yeah, she's a perfectly normal, happy girl. Like, yeah. just with a vivid imagination. So this is like, what, maybe three, four? She's probably five or six at that point. Okay. Right around there. So when she's about seven and eight, she starts going to school and they start to learn about Anne Frank. Okay. Barbara is so confused because she honestly thought Anne Frank was someone in her head that she had made up. Oh, she thought that it she was an didn't imaginary know, friend. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a dream she had. She didn't know Anne Frank was a real person. Whoa. So they start talking about it in school, and she is so confused because the teacher says the name, and she goes, how does my teacher know about Anne Frank? Wow. Mm-hmm. At age 10, she got real confirmation of her connection to Anne Frank. Okay. So her and her parents were going on this big trip through Europe. This... Ow. Are you okay? I bit my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> like, the back side of it? Ow. I'm fine. <laughs> my ego's a little bruised, but I'm fine. <laughs> That your mouth literally could not keep up with your brain. <laughs> it happens a little more often than I would like to. <laughs> it's still funny every time. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> At age 10, she started to get real confirmation about her connection to Anne Frank. Mm-hmm. This happened when she was going on a tour of Europe with her parents. This big trip included a stop in Amsterdam where the Anne Frank house is that they turned into a museum. Oh, yeah. So I want to go to Amsterdam so I do, too. For many reasons. <laughs> I know your reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Very... Cultural reasons, Jenny. Yeah, cultural. Okay. Yes, of course. I am an innocent little flower. Anyways, so yeah, Anne Frank House turned museum. And if you don't know what we're talking about, the Anne Frank House is where the Frank family lived hidden in the attic for two years before they were eventually essentially ratted out yeah. and sent to concentration camps in which... Only the father, Otto, survived. So, Such a tragic story, but, like, to see the history, to see, like, to see it through Anne Frank's eyes, like, through her diaries. That's everything. Insane. Yeah. So Barbara was born in 1954. Yeah. Anne Frank died in 1945. Whoa. So there was enough of a gap there. Where it's very likely, it's not like it had crossed, you yeah. know? They're on this trip. She's 10 years old. By this time, her family had read the book. Uh-huh. But she still wasn't fully admitting 
to everything she was feeling. Okay. She was doing a lot of writing during this time. Uh-huh. And she would write it down and she said she would just throw it away because she just needed to get it out. Mm-hmm. But she didn't really have anyone to talk to yet about it. Which is funny because Anne Frank just wrote and wrote. Oh, I... And wrote. Oh, yeah. Oh, just wait. It gets good. <laughs> okay. This case is spooky. If you've never seen the streets of Amsterdam, they're set up like a circle. Mm -hmm. It's really chaotic, and unless you know your way around, you're not going to be able to find things easily. So they are walking through the streets of Amsterdam, and Barbara's parents are like, hey, let's get a cab to take us there. And Barbara goes, no, it's like a 10-minute walk from here. I know the way. She leads the way down all of these windy streets in 10 minutes makes it directly to the Anne Frank house. That's creepy. There is no way she could have known how to get there, you know? Yeah, she had never been there before. Mm -mm. And she did it like she had been there a thousand times. Wow. So upon getting to the house, Barbara broke into a sweat. She was having a full-on panic attack. Just having flashes of different things. They go up the stairs to the attic. And Barbara is looking in Anne Frank's room and gets very excited. Because she sees the pictures of movie stars that had had been there. She Uh goes, oh my gosh, these are still here. Goes and gets her mom, brings her over. And her mom goes, what pictures of movie stars? Barbara turns back to look at it and there's... Nothing there. Wait, what? Yeah. So they call, like, a curator over and ask. Uh-huh. Sure enough, there was. All those pictures were there. But the week before, they had taken them down to begin preserving them so that way they didn't get damaged by people, like, stealing them or touching them. Wow. So they were only not there because they were being preserved. And again, this is the, by this time she's 10, so it's the 60s. There's not internet. She couldn't just look this stuff up. Yeah, there's no way she would have known any of that. And she said it was so real that she had turned, looked, saw them there, knew that they were there. And by the time she looked back with her mom, they were gone. Wow. Yeah, so by this time, Barbara is just having a full panic attack. She cannot handle it. Her family, by this point, is starting to ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. while doing this tour about why she knows all these things and her connection. And she's just wanting to leave. Mind you, her parents were described as devote Christians. Wow. So she's walking down the stairs and sees a just uniformed police officer and has such a panic attack and a flash to a Nazi officer that she ends up falling down the stairs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So at this point, her parents take two very different sides after seeing all these things happening. Her father wanted to just live in his bubble where everything was good and safe and he could control it. Uh Uh-huh. Her mother, on the other hand, became way more spiritual 
and would actually talk to Barbara about her past life as Anne Frank. Interesting. So her mental health starts to get way better at this point because she feels like she doesn't just have to bottle it up and keep it in. Her mom is open and wants her to talk about it and well, that's interact. that's good because I was thinking that it could be anxiety inducing as well though she was saying there was a lot of articles that i was reading saying that as a kid she was having a ton of anxiety because she felt like she had to hold in this side and didn't understand why you know she felt like it was like equal parts of her yeah wow well i mean at least she started feeling better about it like being able to talk about it I know that I would have a lot of questions if I had been able to ask anything or like to talk to her about especially for life. such an influential person. Yeah. To remember that as your last reincarnated life is fucking wild. Yeah. And it's just like if all of this is true, which you know me, I'm always kind of torn on this because I am Catholic. I am taught that our soul is one. And like, after this life, there's nothing else. Like, we go into heaven or hell. Uh-huh. You know? Which even Catholics say that they don't believe in hell. That it's purgatory. So it's either heaven or purgatory. Uh-huh. So yeah, we're taught that we don't have anything more than one life. That sounds sad. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> it's supposed to be that we're working towards that goal of getting into heaven and being in paradise for all of eternity. How fucking stressful <laughs> that you only get one opportunity to do that? Anyways, we're not going into a religious debate right now. Anyways, my, my original point is the fact that we don't believe in reincarnation, but now I've also been exposed to so much more. So while all of that is like super spooky ooky and she it would is. have no way of knowing, there are just some undeniable things in their lives that are similar. Okay. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's. Both were incredibly gifted child writers. Okay. So, obviously, we have the Diary of Anne Frank. Yes. She said that's writing. She aspired to be a writer. Yes. And just never got the chance to. Barbara was published by the age of 12. Wow. She had put together a small book of poetry called Man on Earth which became the best-selling prose poetry book in Swedish history. Wow. At 12. 12? And it was totally by accident that she ended up publishing the book. She had written this book of poetry, and her mom had passed it on to a friend who knew a publisher, and they loved it and published it, and oh. it became the best-selling book. And to date, best-selling prose poetry book to date in Swedish history. Wow. Yeah. Do we know, I don't remember, how old was Anne Frank when she died? I believe 14, but let me double check. Okay. Sorry. 
She was 16. 16, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. But yeah, she was 16 years old when she passed. I'm trying to figure out how long... I don't want to, like, make you go back and fact check all of this, but, like, if it adds up the timeline, uh, my thinking, my theory, Uh is before we decide to go fact check check anything, uh, my theory is that I wonder how long she spent in that concentration camp before she died. I can't remember how long. I think they were there for about a year. And they had been in the attic for two years before that. So she would have been about... Well, she would have been like 13, 14 when she was writing her diary. Okay, so I was going to say, like, my theory was what if, you know, everything started and she started the uh, her life in the attic at 12. Oh, I see. And to where, like, at 12 years old... Barbara is starting to flourish as an author. Yeah, it's right know? around those same ages, which is a little ironic also. Yeah, like major life changes. Yeah. So by the time Barbara was a teen, she had nine books published. Wow. Yeah. It was all poetry? It was a mixture of things. Okay. So poetry, short stories. Okay. But she had never written down anything about believing she was the reincarnation of Anne Frank. Really? I know. You would think that that would be one of the first things she would write. No, she actually wrote a lot about theology. And which is ironic because Anne Frank talks a lot about theology and sexuality and that sort of thing in her diary. And... As a teenager, Barbara was going on these big shows to have theological discussions with priests. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So the amount of crossover that these two have and the way that they are and the way that they see the world is spooky. It, yeah, it is. Barbara also had quite a few phobias that would make sense with her being a reincarnation of Anne Frank. Okay. So one that's obvious is men in uniforms and horses. Yeah, that would make sense. Obviously, the the soldiers, the Nazis, everything there. Yeah. She actually ended up conquering this fear, though. Oh, good. And she became a mounted Swedish police officer. That's ironic. Like, the way that you conquer that fear is to become... Just a, to become one. Yeah, just to do it all. <laughs> It's wild. Good for her. She also, from a very young age, refused to eat beans. This is significant because the Frank family survived in the attic on beans for two years. Yeah. She was tired of eating them. She refused to eat them in this life. (laughs) I don't blame her. Yeah, but what a, like, creepy... As a child, she refused to eat them also. So it wasn't just like she learned about this after reading the diary and that's when she started. No, No, from an early age, she refused to eat beans. Wow. She also would only take baths and would not take showers. Oh. 
Anne Frank was originally taken to Auschwitz. Yeah. Where they used showers as a way to get people in to then gas them. Yeah. So that would explain the fear of taking a shower. She would only take a bath. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so sad. And finally, she had a fear of haircuts. So when these Jewish people were brought to the concentration camps, they would go through a disinfection process, they were stripped which included everything. shaving their heads. God. They were stripped of everything. Yeah. But the amount of trauma that has to carry through for then your reincarnated life to have a fear of haircuts. So the older she got, the more these memories started to fade, as they do. Yeah. They, my theory, here's where we get into my hippy-dippy theory on reincarnation. I believe the reason that children can talk about their past life and understand it more is because they are closer to that time in the veil. Yeah. As opposed to when you get older, you start to have to conform to society and you're less close to that luminal space of the veil and tend to forget your past life. Yeah. I wonder also if it's because Anne Frank died at 16 and I'm assuming Barbara lived or lived. Yeah, she's had a whole life. Yeah, um... So, to know that she lived past 16, I wonder if it's, like, just that where it's because the past life actually oh, ended. Oh, yeah, she has more 16. of a life then. Yeah. I've, that's a good one. Ooh. Mind yeah. Alone. That's very likely. <laughs> because it was around then, like, once the books were being published, that she started to not have the flashbacks she still had nightmares occasionally, but they weren't nearly as often. She wasn't yeah. having the flashbacks, and those memories just weren't as prevalent in her mind. Yeah. So, like I said, she became a mounted Swedish police officer. In her 40s, she started to have issues with this coworker. Huh. And it was really weird. It was a male coworker, and it just felt like he was out to get her specifically. Oh, okay. And just persecuting her. She had found out that the co-worker was a reincarnated Nazi guard from the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp where Anne died. Whoa. So after realizing these Nazi guards were essentially reincarnating and still kind of just being dicks... She decided to write a book called And the Wolves Howled. This book is where she officially started to talk about her reincarnation as Anne Frank. While Barbara is preparing this book, her publisher ends up reaching out to Buddy Elias. Buddy Elias is the president of the Anne Frank Foundation and the last living relative of Anne Frank. Wow. Yeah, so in case you don't know, the only person of the immediate Anne Frank family who survived the concentration camps was Otto. Yes, Who's father. Anne's father, yeah. right. And this was 
Anne's cousin. Okay. So I think he was, I can't remember, I know it was a year or two apart, but I can't remember who was older. Okay. But they played together. They've had a lot of interaction together yeah, when they, they were like young. Yeah, they grew up together. Yes. Yeah. So he knew more than anyone else who Anne Frank was. Yeah. Buddy wants to have a dinner with Barbara and asks her publisher to set it up. However, he asks the publisher not tell Barbara who he is. Yeah. In relation to Anne Frank. Okay, yeah, like to test and see like Yeah, just to see like what the initial reaction is going yeah. into it. Yeah. So the day of the dinner comes, they meet and immediately fall into each other's arms crying. They just felt such a connection to each other that it overtook them. They ended up spending two hours straight talking. Wow. And this is like what I said earlier, when you feel like you meet someone from a past life, it's just that instant yeah, connection. That instant pull. Yeah, where you can just talk to them for hours like that and it's easy. Yeah. So Buddy had actually said before this he didn't believe in reincarnation, but he fully believed that Barbara was a reincarnation of Anne. Wow. They were actually friends for 20 years until Buddy's death in 2015. Wow. And if you need any more validation that that's who you are, yeah, talking to the person that your past life grew up with, and remaining friends for that long has to be some sort of thing. Yeah, it really does. I really need to read that book now. Oh, yeah. She has a ton. Uh, obviously, she has all those from when yeah. she was a child. So I want to read all of them because she has that, like, she is wild. She has this full life where she's a published writer, a yeah. knowledgeable theologian. But then this... Which I love when people say, oh no, this is bogus. Only people who are woo-woo believe in this. This yeah. is a highly intelligent woman who has known from a young age this about herself. Yeah, and I'm assuming that if she is, you know, this best-selling artist or author, that she is making some money off of her books. Yeah, so it it's not, not like she's ton. doing it for attention, you yeah, know? Yeah, it may not be a ton, but she is, like, publishing other things, and she has published other things before going and publishing that whole thing about actually uh, saying that she is the reincarnation of it. Yeah, Frank. yeah, she had this whole thing, like, actively, there's, like I was saying earlier, she would write down memories she would have as Anne Frank when she yeah. was younger and just ended up throwing them away because she didn't want anyone to find them. Yeah. So she, uh, yeah, I totally believe it. 100%. Oh yeah. This is one of the ones where I'm like, Oh, okay. That's, there's too many things in it where I'm like, that is compelling. Yeah. For it to not make sense. Yeah. But yeah, that was the Barrow Cullen story, a.k.a. the reincarnation of Anne Frank. Wow, that was a wild story. I told you <laughs> this. I wanted to do after our last child murder episodes. <laughs> 
I was like, we need something lighthearted, but is also like, oh, that's a little bit weird and creepy. And I thought this was a good level yeah, of fun, but like... It makes you mm, think. Yes, it's a yeah. psychological thriller. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every twist and turn there. Thank you. It was, yeah, it was a fun one to research. Cool, 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 cool. But yeah, so that was that. Are um, we ready for your favorite time of the night? It's the most horrible time of the night. <laughs> you need to keep that in. Thank you, I will. Great. I guess, yeah, sure, why not, fine. Are we ready for my I wish we you? had that paper flourish on video. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Uh, no, but you're going to tell me anyways. Absolutely, I am. All righty. So if you were to, uh, you know, expire. Okay. Okay. You know. Yes. Yeah. By being encased in concrete. Okay. Okay, you see what Like, I'm that saying? is the form of death? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, your cause of death wouldn't actually be from, like, crush syndrome or asphyxiation. It would essentially be from being uh, cooked alive. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the moisture would be collected by the contract. Oh, so the moisture would be collected by the concrete and just like sucked from your body. And so then your body just produces heat. So you essentially die from being like cooked alive. People say drowning is the most horrific way that you can die. I'm going to tell them this fact from now on. Well, at least it's a fun, useful fact. Well, I guess now I can take a break from um, being scared of being buried alive and switch to that for a little bit, <laughs> I guess. I mean, just don't fall into a vat of concrete. Now I'm going to be so worried <laughs> that somehow it's going to happen, though. Just pay attention to your surroundings. But I have I'm two also, toddlers. Like, sometimes that's hard. I'm also talking to the woman who runs into parked cars. Get fucked. It was one time. It's it was not one time. Shut up. It was, <laughs> that car was so, parked like a dick. <laughs> so, yeah, I could totally see you just accidentally walking into a vat of concrete. Yeah. I just Anyways. hope I can get to you in time. I mean, thanks. I. Thanks for saving me, I guess. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I'd like to, to think that first. people would save me from a vat of concrete. Yeah, if I, I fell in. I tried to save you first, but if I did save you, I'd give you so much shit for it later on. Like, after you made sure that I wasn't dead, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> How am I going to give you shit if you're dead? All right. Well, if you want more 
of whatever the fuck this is, head on down to our link tree down in the bio. That will take you to all of our fun little goodies, like our Instagram, where you can get all of the updates about the podcast, and our Patreon, where you can go and get extra goodies, like this full-length episode, which was just the right amount of batshit crazy. You can also find the link to our cute little Google form where you can send in your Halloween scary campfire stories for our Halloween extraordinaire, or you can DM them to us through our Instagram. And with that, happy Halloween Eve as we are finishing September. Oh, yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Um, and with that... Don't fall into a vat of concrete. Don't fall into a vat of concrete. And meditate on your past lives. There you go. Hopefully you didn't die tragically. Uh, bye. Bye. bye.